Okay. Good to go. Okay. Ready to get started. Only two hours after we sort of got started. I know. It's not too bad. Big, big meetings today. Yeah. So I'm today, I'm doing something I haven't done in nearly four months. Oh, yeah? I'm recording a podcast from Mega Studio. Ooh, you're back at Mega Studio. Well, one day this week, I was like, I'm going to go to the studio. Okay. I just had this, like, <laughs> I haven't had this you feeling. You just woke up? <laughs> I, I don't even know why it happened. I was just like, do, I, I can't even remember what I was doing at the time. And it's just like, no, I'm going to go to the studio this week. And the best day will be Thursday. Okay. And so I just said to Adina, I was like, I want to go to the studio. Do you think that's a good idea? And she said, mm -hmm. yes. So I did it. It's good. You had that little sanity check. I have an idea. Just let me run it past someone. And also, you know, if every time we go out, we are making a risk for both of us. Right. And so I would be leaving the home for the day and spending it in a completely different location with all manner of different people that I can mm. walk past and stuff, you know? So, yeah. you know, I, I increase my exposure vector for the day and that increases both of ours. Yeah, it's, it's another one of those, like, it's yower decision to make. Well, that's, a, that's, that's fun. That, that's I like that. I like, I like that. Yower. That's fun. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to yeah. use that. I've told you that before. Uh, maybe. You've got yower and mower, right? Like, that's, that's how you discuss couple decisions. What's mower? Are... I don't remember that one. What's mower? Mower is like if... Okay, so two people are making a decision. It's yep. a couple decision. Yeah. And it's yower or mower from the perspective of the person talking. So if a decision is... Let's say, Mike, you and I are deciding something, right? But the decision affects both of us about something that I'm going to do, right? That's Mauer decision. Like, I'm making the decision, but it also affects the both of us. And if you're making a decision that affects the both of us, it's Yauer decision. Right? Okay. That's how that works. That's, That's how those good. words work. And is that spell M-O-U-R and Y-O-U-R? I've never thought to write them down. I don't know. Uh, I, I leave it to crowdsourcing how those words are spelled, but it's your hour and my hour. I guess it can't. Mm, yeah, it may be like, oh, like Y in parentheses, hour, and M in parentheses, hour. That's, I think, how I would do that in my brain. Oh, yeah. Because if you do Y-O-U-R, it's just your right? Like, there needs to be something that... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, as soon as I was like, oh, that seems smart, and then I just thought about it for an extra second and was like, oh no, I just spelled the word your. <laughs> That's the, which is exactly not the point. Okay, yeah, you gotta put it in the... in the What I would call brackets, but Americans call parentheses. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that, but then that's a little bit ugly to write. Maybe there could be a silent H in Yower, so it's Y-H-O-U-R, Yower. <laughs> or would there be an, would an apostrophe be right? Like, Y apostrophe hour? I mean, I guess... I guess an apostrophe would be the grammatically correct thing to do when you're combining two words together like y'all right yeah. you put the apostrophe there because it's the two things uh, i think maybe you've hit upon it yeah so maybe it's an apostrophe why why apostrophe hour m apostrophe hour yeah i think you got it there we go right. great good Solved. work team <laughs> that was just our decision so you were <laughs> making a decision <laughs> for the health of the two of you yeah and then one of the things that i did was i looked at the numbers right the covid numbers mm -hmm. and we're basically where we were maybe like September, October, and I was here every day then. Right, right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So here I am. What is your method of transportation to uh, Mega Studio? Or take, do you take the train? Still now, take the or, train, like, yeah. How'd that work? Yeah, the train. Okay. I was taking a train at like 10 a.m., something like that. 
It's very empty. Mm-hmm. I, I could open a window. I'm not really near anybody. There's still mm-hmm. there's still people that aren't wearing masks, Gray, and I just cannot mm-hmm. fathom that at this point. Like, ha- have you not got the memo? Like, I don't understand. Like, I really can't get my head around it. But I, I think that's just a thing that I can't understand. Like, it's not for me to understand, right, why people would choose to make that decision <laughs> at this point, because I clearly can't understand it. Well, it's required on the public transport, right? Like, is, isn't, in theory, isn't that required to be on public transport in the UK is to wear a mask? Yeah, it's legal. It's the law. That's like the other part. Of it. <laughs> I know that there are people that just think that they shouldn't do it or they don't want to. But like, it is illegal. To not well, mm-hmm. but what right. can I say? People are people, are people mm-hmm. aren't they? But, oh man, it's so good. It's so good to be here today. I, I'm very envious of you being back in there. It must be so nice to have all that space to spread out. You oh, just lay on the floor great. and make an office floor snow angel, you know, moving around, just enjoying the space. Well, I haven't vacuumed today, so I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> this place yeah, but that, no but that's how you could make the office snow angel right if you had <laughs> vacuumed you wouldn't be able to do it angel. right but because uh-huh. you haven't been there for months there's enough dust on the floor that you could make an office floor angel by you know spreading out so I, I one thing that was funny to me as i walked through the door is i have one of the lovely kutzkasat calendars mm-hmm. and it was on january oh right <laughs> so i came in and i had to like turn two entire months <laughs> Like that was the last time you were here. We weren't even here in January. We put it up in December for January. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh god, that was, it was so depressing to do that. That's a very movie scene kind of thing to do, where you're like, oh, we need to show the audience that a lot of time <laughs> has passed. Time. So when Mike returns to his office, there's there's this calendar he needs to move forward two months, so everyone everyone can go, oh, it's been a while since he's there. <laughs> That's really funny. But as I'm doing it, I'm I'm hearing in my mind the amount of rent mm-hmm. paid during those <laughs> right. two periods of time as I'm moving these right. pieces of paper. Cha-ching, cha-ching, right. Yes. Two very expensive pieces of paper moving. Rent money well spent. <laughs> I'm I'm so I'm so glad you're back there though. Like it, I think that's that's really nice. I, I I assume the plan is to just continue recording many shows there or most shows there. Like what are you thinking? I have no plan. I just came today. Okay. I, I assume it, that I will do like what I did after the first lockdown. Right. Where I just increase a little bit until I'm here all the time again. I, I don't really have a plan. I just knew I wanted to be here today. But now being here today, it's like the energy in the space is just so much nicer than being at home and doing this stuff like mm-hmm. it just feels so much better to me i feel more focused i fill my time with different things it's again for me remembering why i like this space right yeah. my hope will be that i don't know within the next month i'll be back to being here every day again yeah i, I hope that works out for you too like that space is so cool looking from the photos mm-hmm. that i've seen and is you know just enormous and great and you've you've just had such a such a hard time getting there that i you know i don't know where i would bet my money on this but i i am hopeful that this can be the start of the transition into using the office full time as you intended it to be last year i hope that that's what this can be i feel pretty confident about that i feel very very certain that by the end of the year we will have actually moved the things here that were supposed to move here great so like taking away that that final part of the home office 
mm -hmm. and bringing those those last pieces here, which was just a thing we never got to do. But just at this point, it doesn't really feel like it's going to go any other way for me, right? Like I just feel like mm -hmm. the vaccinations are rolling out. Like I'm going to get that by the summer. And then for me personally, I wouldn't see any reason why I wouldn't be here every day from then on. Well, I'm glad you've used Cortex as the start of getting back into mega office permanently. It kind of felt like the right one to me as well, though. It kind of felt right. There's been a, an epic progress of mega studio over the course of the show. <laughs> but I mean, it ended up turning out pretty well because I feel like I needed an energy boost after the last 24 hours because I have just been... <laughs> You've been a little on edge, a little wiped yeah. out from the last 24 hours. Why? What what happened, Mike? I have I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like leading up to the last couple of weeks. So more tech subscribers will know that I made a prediction about when the Theme System Journal would be back on sale. Mm -hmm. And I said on our last episode in the more tech section, which you can sign up for at getmortex.com and you get longer Cortex episodes with no ads every single time we release one. I made the prediction of first week of March that they would be available, uh, or at least I think I said ready. And I was technically correct that the journals had were sitting Are in... You were technically correct? Th they were sitting in the warehouse at the beginning of March. They could have gone on sale, but we were trying mm. to... There's like this whole new thing after Brexit with VAT in the UK. It's like sales tax, basically. And a new rule was passed where you have to... Anybody's sending stuff into the UK... What you should do now is charge VAT at point of purchase. Mm -hmm. And then the company that takes the money, so for us, our partners, Cotton Bureau, would then pay that VAT to the British government, I think, on a quarterly basis. And so Cotton Bureau were working on this, and you have to get a like a rubber stamp from the government, basically, and they give you a number. Like a tax ID number. That's, yeah, that's exactly. what the UK government needs to give out the companies. <laughs> Just, I've noticed that since this rule change has come into effect, a number of companies that I'd normally buy things that were perfectly fine to ship stuff to the UK have all, at least for the time being, said, uh, we can't ship to the UK. Check, check back with us in a few months. So yep. I figure uh, a lot of places are going through this this process of trying to get the UK government to recognize them in order to collect VAT for the UK, which seems like such a pain in the ass for everyone. Yep. Uh, it really does. Especially because this was Brexit related. There was no actual guidelines until after Brexit started, but the rule came into effect immediately. <laughs> right. Exactly right, what you want. Which is not like, a great way of setting this up. And I believe that Cotton Bureau are on day 30-something of what is supposed to be a 15-day process of getting the numbers. <laughs> and so I uh -huh. really wanted to have this in place because it would mean that people would know before they buy how much taxes they're going to have to pay. And I believe would remove the handling fees for customs agencies, which I hate those fees. Right. I have to pay £8 just because it touched your hands. Right. Like it, that drives me mad. But in theory, paying all these taxes at purchase would remove that. But it got to the point where we could be waiting an indefinite amount of time. Mm -hmm. And what was really important to me is that these journals would be able to arrive at people before the end of March because people that journal every day will run out. Their, their mm -hmm. journals are going to run out. 
And this is the first time in the history of this product that we have ever actually had them arrive available for sale at the time we wanted them. This has never happened before. It's a huge accomplishment. It's a massive accomplishment. So I was kind of not going to keep waiting. So we put them live. I've bought one to ship here just to see what will happen. And I'll find out. And I guess anybody that does buy from the UK, if we have problems... Uh, we'll just try and work it out together. I don't really, don't really know what to do. Uh, we'll see, I suppose. It is delightfully ridiculous that both you and I are in the UK, which ends up being the one place on Earth where it's like a little bit uncertain exactly how it will work out yep. with these journals being shipped. They're going to arrive like everywhere everyone else. Everyone else in the whole world, like totally fine. <laughs> like, do they arrive and get sent back? Do they arrive like they used to and you pay the charges? Like, Because me as a somebody buying things, I've had some stuff arrive that should have had charges but hasn't. And I've had some stuff arrive and I just get the regular pay us the customs fee. So I don't know what's going to happen with these and we'll find out. And as soon as yeah. we get that registration, Cotton Bureau will be able to turn this feature on and then you'll be able to work out your taxes beforehand and it's going to be great. And I'm, I'm, I'm look forward to that happening. But unfortunately, it was just a case of like, we don't know when mm-hmm. this was going to happen. So we just put them on sale. And so far, journals are sounding very well. So we're recording this the day after. Um, we never really know what's going to happen, honestly. Uh, mm. But we've sold over a third so far of this mm-hmm. stock. And once again, we ordered more than we would assume we would be able to sell. And uh, we've already put in an order for more. <laughs> and we're, st- <laughs> we're still working it out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been going very well. But I still... I just want to... Before I let you slide on past this, mm. and we need to nail down your prediction here, right? Because you said first week of March. Are you saying that in Mortex, your claim was that the journals would be ready the first week of March because they weren't on sale the first week of March but like you're saying you said in Mortex they would be ready is that is that what you're you're claiming here the reason I said ready is because I knew this that thing was going on (laughs) okay I just hadn't communicated all this to you yet hmm I will look I will say that I did not get my prediction because it's not how anybody else would take it Right. <laughs> right, right. Okay. But okay. I knew that there could be at least a delay of a few extra days for this thing to occur. Okay. Okay. I just I just I just wanted to like nail down the technicalities here. What what are you trying to mm-hmm. claim? And you had set it up that you were giving yourself a little bit of a of a flexibility on what does it mean for them to be ready the first week of March? It does not mean on sale the first week of March. Okay, okay. Let me tell you, it was just killer for me to know they were just sitting there. (laughs) Oh, I hated it, Gray. Like it was probably a week, a little over a week, they're just sitting there. No, that's awful. (laughs) Thank you if you bought one. If you still want one, cortexmerch.com. Go there now. Cortexmerch.com. You want to go get yourself a theme system journal. Themes can happen at any time of the year. You may not have set one yet, but still time. Yeah, we're at the season changeover. It was just yep. outside yesterday, seeing those spring flowers coming mm-hmm. up. You know, some nice daffodils out there. Lovely, lovely start of spring. It definitely feels like the seasons are changing here in the UK. There's a bit more sun. Yeah, it definitely has that feeling. <laughs> yes. To it. Yes, we're definitely out of the bleak nothing that is UK winters, and the the sun is around longer. You know, the birds are singing, the flowers are blooming. 
the journalers are journaling. It's the start of spring. It's lovely. <laughs> what would you call like a collection of journalers? It's, uh, you, you feel like you've always got to try to find something that's like related that's the group. Volume? Volume's not bad. I was thinking of like binding, like a binding of journalers, like Ooh, pages are nice. bound. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Index? <laughs> Index of journalers. <laughs> contents? <laughs> Leave your suggestions in the Reddit. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. 2021 is looking up. New beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn Jobs finds the right person quickly. To make things better, your first job post is free. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals of more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined into one simple screen. And now you can do all of this from your mobile device no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. I think it's super awesome that you can really easily filter through, review, and rate applications from their mobile app. This seems like something I would want to be able to just dip in and out of when I have a couple of minutes while on the go if I was having a bunch of roles out available. So having it accessible to me wherever I am is really awesome. And look, LinkedIn is the first place people think of when it comes to connecting and engaging with colleagues and potential colleagues. So being able to list your open positions there where people are is a no-brainer. LinkedIn Jobs also makes it super easy to promote your openings to the right people. This is what I want, to meet people where they are to get the right hire. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free by going to linkedin.com slash cortex. That's linkedin.com slash cortex to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for the support of this show and Relay FM. On our last episode, we had a horrific uh, failure of trying to get our screen time data because uh, downtime just destroyed that for you. But you sent me a message a couple of days ago and you were so excited that you had a full week's worth of data. I felt so bad. Like, I felt so bad last time because, again, you know, Mike, you do so much work in trying to get the show nice and prepared and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, I always really appreciate that. And, I just didn't realize last time that you were, you know, you're like, oh, I'll build the entire show around screen time. And that's what we're going to do. And then I'm like, oh, like an idiot, I deleted all my screen time data, tried to talk to you. So I felt real. I just felt really terrible last time. There's something so funny about that to me. Like when, and especially when I was noticed it when I was doing the editing, like I could hear in my voice the moment where I was like, I have nothing else prepared. <laughs> but then we still turned out yes. like a nearly a two hour episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you know, that 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 can happen, you know, conversations can flow, but it definitely reached me in my heart that that same moment. Like I know the exact point you're talking about where it's you can hear Mike go, "Oh no. <laughs> I have nothing else planned." <laughs> I wasn't ready. And that's just a that's just a terrible feeling. I mean, uh -huh. you know, even with Cortex not being live, like we could you know, in some disaster, I guess we could record a second half of the show at a different time. It's theoretically possible, but it's still such a pain in the butt. And, and you're like, 
So I just, I just felt awful about that. And what I did, because I was like, okay, I can't let Mike down next time. So I, I had set up a reminder in the Reminders app to bug me every day at 9 p.m. to take a screenshot of whatever screen time data I happen to have. Mm. And so I was like, I'm going to just... Look, maybe I can't make it through an entire week, but I'm going to try to record this whenever I can. And even just a few days after we talked, I had to reset it again because I ran into that same problem where I needed to talk to someone and Apple was saying, no, you're not allowed. And I was like, I've got to reset this. Uh, I'm going to lose all the screen time data again. So I need to remind myself to like, Make sure to capture it as we uh, go along. I saw somebody suggest on the subreddit, you might want to try this. They said they've had this issue. If mm. you for- Apparently, they force quit messages twice, and then it works. <laughs> Just something to try for you next time. I don't know <laughs> if that's actually going to work or if that's one of those like swinging a rubber chicken around your head type deals, but... Uh, it seemed to work for this individual. I mean, look, I'll I'll try it. I'll I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Look, if I need to get around the bodyguard that is Apple, which was mm-hmm. delightfully animated by uh, H.M. Tay on our Cortex animated episode, that was really fun yep. to see Apple preventing me talking to people. I really like that one. If force quitting messages twice gets it to work, I'll I'll give it a try. But yeah, that does sound like we're starting to build up a sequence of superstitions of, of <laughs> what works. But this is the reason why when I made it through an entire week without having to reset it and keeping the data i was like extra pleased i was like oh great i got this for mike let me let him know hey mike don't worry i like you for the next show i've actually got the thing to show you we're all set so would you like to talk about screen crimes well well before we do one last piece of pantom follow-up you text me this morning to tell me you remembered we were recording today <laughs> which i also really enjoyed Look, I just, I I messed up real bad last time and I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've just got to acknowledge it. (laughs) Screen time, screen crimes. So the way that I think of this and the the reason I like that we refer to this as screen crimes is because Mm -hmm. we can put whatever we want on our home screens. We can talk about whatever apps we use in state of the apps. We can track our time depending on how we say we're using it and what projects we're up to. But this is data that shows what's being used, right? You can't escape this data. I mean, it's not really completely accurate most of the time and doesn't necessarily draw a full picture, which is something I want to talk about in a bit. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've got things to talk about with that as well. Oh, (laughs) yes. It's getting worse. But you at least get a picture of the applications that are being used. And for me, I don't know about you now, but uh, I now include my Macs in this. So my data is of all of my machines. Oh, okay. This was really unreliable on Catalina. It was very bad. But on Big Sur, they actually Mm. did make some changes to the way it works with the Mac. So I'm going to send you mine first. Yeah, yeah. So send me yours. So you're going to send me... What, the screenshots of everything combined? So this is your phone, your iPad, and, and your Mac all together? Correct. And I can... Oh, whoa. What is... Look at this. Yeah, I put it all together <laughs> in a little graphic for you. And I can drill down into it. And that might be better for stuff like notifications. Because I, I think with notifications, it groups them together if it's the same application. So like messages says 884, right? But I didn't 
get 884 messages notifications. I've got 884 if you bring together my iPhone and my <laughs> Macs together, right? It's like now it's 884. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. So it's double counting messages that appeared on your Mac and your iPad while you were messaging someone on your phone. Is that what you mean? I guess so. I guess it's like that. I've just got to open this up full screen on my Mac. I, the, the way that you put this together, it's like it's this crazy dashboard of Mike's life. I like yeah, because like on the notification segment, if I choose just my iPhone, it says 432. Mm-hmm. If I choose just my MacBook Pro, it says 118. So there's definitely right. some double counting here. But again, I don't know how okay. much, but there's definitely some double counting going on, I'm sure of it. Okay, so, th- so you're... Average screen time across what three devices is that what you're saying? Three devices is 10 hours a day. There's technically like four or five in there, okay? But you see, this is where we get into problem number one that 10 hour figure is wrong because I've hit this really weird bug. <laughs> okay, where you see that thing that says uh, that that's the top entry that 16 hour entry rss.art19.com. I, 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 was, I was wondering what this is. Yeah, your top, your top entry is a website with mm-hmm. 16 hours. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, wow, this must be the most engaging website that exists if you've spent 16 hours a week on it. And, and I want to know I want to know what art19.com is. I'm quite intrigued. Uh, so Art19 is, a, is like a podcast hosting platform. I have no idea what this website is relating to. I maybe had a link open for mm-hmm. a podcast or something. But this is an issue that I have found recently where something's going on with Safari on my Mac where a website of some description is listed as being used for 24 hours a day. <laughs> I have one this week. Right. <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about it a little later on, but timing, uh, timing is a Mac app that can do this mm-hmm. kind of stuff as well. And it has some different features. But so far this week, I have racked up 52 hours of screen time on timingapp.com in Safari. Now, (laughs) I wasn't on this website for 14 hours yesterday. (laughs) Right, of course. (laughs) So I don't know exactly what's causing that issue. But I'm pleased because the week before, I had 24 hours of average usage a day every day. Because I had something that was reporting 24 hours of use a day. So my actual average is way less, right? My actual average is probably around seven hours a day. So here's, here's, the, here's my question, right? Mm-hmm. You're thinking that your screen time average is seven hours a day across all devices. That, that's your own estimate. Yeah. And are you including like when you're recording podcasts as well or not with that? I mean, in theory. I, I'm just wondering. Like, it's it's interesting. That seems low, maybe. But yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know that. But this yeah. is where it gets into the issues of how this data is reported. Because, like, so if we're looking at all of my devices here, where's Skype? Oh yeah, right. No Skype on here. Because what it's doing is it records applications that are visible, not necessarily in use. Hmm. So I'm using Skype for hours and hours and hours and hours, but it's not showing up on these lists because, I don't know, because it's not in front all the time. Yeah, I just laughed before because I realized, so we're going to have this conversation about screen time. Question number one, how much time have you spent on a screen? 
who knows, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like before we get into the actual details, it's like there's no oh, way we're that's already right. uncertain. <laughs> there's no way. There's just no way that that's right. It doesn't make any sense that those would be the numbers. Yeah. When we get to my data later, like because I was trying to use this, I think more intensely and earlier than you, I had to turn off screen time on my computers because I just found it too buggy and I never tried turning it back on with the latest OS update. So I, I don't know what that's like. But, you know, I had the experience of it would tell me just, oh, you've spent 80 hours this week on Finder, you know, because there's yeah, yeah, a Finder, Finder application <laughs> that was open. It's like, Ooh, I love yeah, searching Mac. for files. <laughs> yeah. It's like, guess what? I never don't have a Finder application open. So this data is extraordinarily unhelpful. It, yeah. it was just like. Every time I looked at it, it was, oh, Finder is your most used application by an enormous margin. Everything else is tiny. So is what you're saying that they've changed that and now it's you think it's just recording whatever application the Mac thinks is the active one at any time? Like, is that what you think is occurring? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be because I found it now. Last week, it's saying mm. that I use Skype for three minutes. <laughs> now, I can tell you that's not true. Right. So I think that there's something here about like what is the frontmost window is what's being recorded. It's got to be. It's got to be. that's not accurate all the time, right? Like, it just isn't because, I mean, Skype is the application by minutes that I'll use the most in a week, but it doesn't even mm. register here. Like my screen time data for today so far is saying that I used Skype for seven minutes, but we have been talking for three hours at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like there are just fundamentals of this data that are just really, really not good. But anyway, mm. let's actually look at what we've got here for a bit rather than we can mm. just complain about it. Because there is some stuff in here. There's some stuff of interest. One thing that frustrates me is my Twitter usage for the week in question. Uh -huh. Because for the last couple of months, I have been really good at keeping my Twitter usage to about four hours a week okay. total. But this was a six hour, 22 minute week. I don't know what I did last week where I was spending more time on Twitter, but it's annoying mm -hmm. because this is like if we would have done this on the week that we had intended <laughs> to originally do it, my statistics would look more like what I want them to right now. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And and this is this is also one of the places that I, I I find it a little bit frustrating with this stuff because it would be nice not to just set daily limits but to be able to have like a weekly target. I think in some ways weekly targets make more sense for certain things. Yeah, and it would be kind of nice. Like what you just said happens is the whole reason why a system automatically recording data in theory is incredibly powerful because. Your subjective experience is that your use of Twitter was no different this week than last week. Mm -hmm. But the actual data is, well, something happened that caused you to use Twitter more. And there could have been a moment where the system could alert you to be like, hey, it's only Thursday and you're already like over your average Twitter usage. It's like, is that something that you want to be doing? Mm -hmm. As for now, it's just sort of a mystery as to... If you look back, you now discover that it was more than, than you thought. So you, you're happy with like four hours of Twitter a week? You feel like that's a good number for you? Because I feel like this has been a constant struggle. Yeah. The four hour number was 
something where I, I spent a week where I was like really trying to limit it. Like I took Twitter off my home screen. It's off the dock mm-hmm. of my Mac. Like it's just not there. And so I'm only going to go to it when I'm actively choosing to go to it for whatever reason mm-hmm. that might be. And when I did that for a week, like the first week that I was doing that where I was really trying to focus on it, I kind of got down to around three, three and a bit hours. Um, and mm. so I was really only checking Twitter like once or twice a day for that or just posting things, you know, not not reading. Mm. Um, and then would just read for specific times that I had chosen as opposed to just whenever I want to fill 20 seconds, right? Which was my usual right, thing. Right. And so I was like, okay, I want to try and get around there again. So I'd been averaging more around four hours and I feel better for having done that. I feel like I'm spending less time uh, less less time of my life just like really just wanting to see what's going on or not even caring but just opening the app anyway right mm. and you know like I did that whole thing where I moved a different app to my dock in its place where Twitter would have been and was just constantly surprising myself for a four day period when I would press the Twitter app but something else would be open instead right <laughs> right right <laughs> um, and I've left Twitter off my home screen so mm-hmm. and you know I've, I've put a different app in its place that I'm enjoying it being there. It's like forcing me to open it. And Mm -hmm. that's working for me, but I'm just trying to keep my numbers down with the intention of reducing them further, I think. Mm -hmm. I like Twitter. I don't want to leave Twitter. Like I'm not one of those kinds of people, but I just feel like I want to limit the amount of time that I spend in that application just because it, it is so high in that list, especially when I've said this before many times, when it comes to social networks, I much prefer Instagram, the way Instagram makes me feel. I know that this is different for different people, but for me personally, I just prefer Instagram. So I want, and I've tried to have those numbers be closer together by initially increasing my Instagram usage, which that was, right. which you know, whatever, <laughs> like it, it worked. But now I want to, now I want to bring the Twitter usage down as well. And they're very different, right? right? And the reasons I use them are very different. And, and sometimes, and a lot of the time I am getting a lot of like what I consider to be important and useful information for my job from Twitter, which is one of the reasons that I use it and have no intention of leaving. But I am just trying to find ways to still just limit how much time is being spent with the application open when there is no real value to it. Mm. Yeah, I I think a lot of people really fool themselves about how valuable Twitter is for their work. I think a I think I know a lot of people who I think are really kidding themselves about that, but I, I I can make a case for why it is valuable to you. Like, I don't think you fall into that category of like, oh, Mike, you're just being silly about this and it's not actually valuable to you at all. I think with all of the shows you do and the things that you talk about on those shows, like, yes, Twitter, Twitter is a useful source of information for you. It's just like with all of these things, the problem is that they catch you for more than you intend to spend with them right mm-hmm. which is all of their explicit goals of like you know oh hey we'd love love you to check twitter every time you have 20 seconds free is this a productive use of your time of course not but like we sure do love engagement mm-hmm. it is funny like you have to be careful about what you're trying to optimize for you know oh i would like instagram and twitter to be more equal so can it increase the amount of time i spend on instagram no I th- I, like again i think it's good that you're keeping an eye on it and i feel i feel it's good that like Overall, you have it in a place that you think the amount of time is worth it and actually valuable to you that that you're spending on it and not just like 
casually having it open all day to get distracted by whatever people happen to be talking about in the moment. Yeah, and it's like I've done a lot of work with different applications and different things to reduce the reliance, you know, like using RSS readers and stuff. And my RSS reader doesn't show up on here, but that doesn't surprise me because I don't really read a lot in the RSS reader. Like it's my first triage of news and then we'll send that out to notes for later for reading later in safari like on show prep days and stuff like that uh okay yeah i was i was wondering where reader was on this list because it doesn't make it into 26 minutes worth of stuff so you're you're just throwing whatever comes in there. honestly i was surprised that it didn't even make it into that like the you know the that like above 26 minutes or whatever but at the same time you know i'm mm. like checking it a couple of times a week really and mostly just looking at the mm. headlines of interest to me and sending them out somewhere else but hey, for all I know, I used it mm. the most and it's just a bug. Maybe rss.art19.com is actually a reader. <laughs> for all I know. It's, it's very possible. <laughs> Discord is, is a newer one on my list. And I presume that's the Relay Discord? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, then? using the Relay Members Discord. And also just like for me in general, I'm just spending more time in Discords anyway. Like as in like with the my interest in mechanical keyboards, that all goes down in Discords. Oh. Oh, right, right. And th this honestly was a lighter week for me with Discord. Discord's usually much higher than that. It's it in other weeks more recently. Um, Discord and Twitter have been much much closer. So again, I don't know what was going on this week, mm. but in in other weeks, Discord has been around four hours and Twitter has been around four hours. That, that that's becoming more of a of a thing. And honestly, that's something I quite like. Um, so again, like looking at the combination of discord instagram and rss i can use my rss reader as ways to increase my usage there get the information i want whilst decreasing reliance on twitter i think has been working pretty good for me in general recently um, and, and i like that mm. as a thing to continue going forward and the twitch i assume is twi your actual streaming of keyboard construction no that's me watching stuff Oh, okay. That's you mm -hmm. watching Twitch. That's you watching keyboards yeah. being built. Because then. all the streaming is going on on my PC, right? Oh, of course. Again, right, it's, right. Like, it's been a big 2020, 2021 thing for me is like watching a lot more Twitch streams in general because Twitch app is so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Picture in picture and all that stuff. Although I wouldn't be surprised if as soon as you go into picture in picture, it stops tracking in screen time anyway. So the number's probably way higher than that. Yeah, it's quite possible. I was just looking at the pickup numbers. Yeah. And. This is also just one of these things where I wonder, okay, so pickup is obviously referring to iOS and iPad devices. Like, that makes sense. I wonder, like, does it or should it count something like screen unlocks on the Mac as a pickup? I wonder I wonder if it's tracking that data at all. Like, how many times do you unlock the screen on your Mac? I wonder if that's in there or not. But um, Well, there just, is kind of like pickups is a thing. Uh -huh. It is a thing on okay. the Mac side, but I don't know what on earth it's judging that against. But if I look at my Mac statistics, I have pickup yeah. there. So since this is first used after pickup, my assumption is like first used after unlock. Because that's what's happening right. on the iPhone and the iPad anyway, right? You're picking up the device, unlocking it, and then where do you go first? And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's the same on the Mac. It's just poorly named for right. the Mac. 
Yeah. Or we, we need we need to do a, a side-by-side test. Like, do you need to physically pick up the laptop? Is that what it's counting? And, like, if you physically pick up your <laughs> iMac, then it counts as a pickup. Yeah, like, like, oh. That's, oh, okay. That's <laughs> what it actually does mean that. It's the, the app you use when your Mac is suspended above a desk. Yeah, I, I should check if I was running screen time on my iMac Pro in front of me. It's like, well, the number of times I pick it up in a week isn't zero like i need to reach behind it to mess with the cable sometimes like i wonder if it would register it as like you picked it up once this week (laughs) (laughs) and then you used skype (laughs) but yeah i think like that first pickup data seems pretty unsurprising really for for the most of it messages and instagram and slack and overcast it's important to me for twitter to be low in the list Mm. because if twitter's lower in the list what it means is even though I'm spending more time on it, I'm spending more time that's most likely to be purposeful time of using Twitter. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good way to think about it. Right, like I want the pickup numbers to be lower because that means the amount of times I've opened Twitter when I've first unlocked my device is is less and that's good because that's like it's less that's less aimless time, I feel, to me. Mm. Did you see The Economist in there, Gray? Well, yes, I did see The Economist in there. I, was, I wasn't I was sure if you wanted to mention that or not, but... Uh... <laughs> we can mention that. I was given a very nice gift for my birthday of a subscription to The Economist. Yeah, this is, this is sort of a, a holdover from one of our Mortex conversations where we were talking about the news mm-hmm. and... Mike was thinking about news sources to follow and it just it just so happened that your birthday was coming up and I was discussing your quest for the news with my wife and then she suggested oh why don't we get Mike a subscription to The Economist and part of the reason why I thought this might actually work is because I know you're not a big fan of reading mm-hmm. but they do a reading a podcast-like reading of all of the articles that they publish every week. And so I thought, oh, Mike might actually listen to that. I'm actually kind of curious if you have or haven't, um, or are you actually reading like the app on your phone? So I've tried the podcasts and I typically do not like Mm -hmm. them. Like the the readings, Um, the article readings, they're too too slow for that data. Mm. Are you listening to them in the app, in the Economist app? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But what I actually really like about the Economist app is every article tells you how long it's going to take you to read it. I really like that feature. So what I do is every day I read their little, they have like a little morning digest, which I like. It's like, here's everything that happened in the world yesterday that you should probably know about. And then they have just a couple of articles a week, and then they have the magazine articles that you can read. And so mm. I just dip in when I have a little bit of free time. This is the app that is living where Twitter used to live on my phone. Oh, okay. Right? And I'll maybe go in and I'll see if any articles are interested to me and I'll read them. But I'm also at the same time a little bit more informed about the world because every day I'm reading something about world news and I like it. Uh, it's, it's a good mix for me. I feel like as far as news sources go, seems to be pretty fair. Like it, I don't really feel like it takes particular sides. Or, or maybe it just matches with my own thoughts on certain uh, topics that are of interest to me. But I've really enjoyed the stuff that I've been reading over the last couple of months. So very good gift. Yeah, it's a funny thing because I haven't actually read The Economist myself in like five years probably at this point. 
it's just funny like to make a recommendation to you of i think this might be the thing that you feel like you're looking for which is a relatively straight factual like the very thing that you're saying there i know they have this section which is here's what happened yesterday or like here's what's coming up in this week and i thought like it sounds like what you're looking for but also i don't have any idea what this is like now i only have my vague memory of what it was like years ago when i read it more frequently so i'm glad that you're liking it so far it's an interesting idea to put something like that in the location where twitter was as the replacement checking Mm -hmm. app so I'll be curious to see how that goes for you. but It's going very well so far. I'm enjoying it very much. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I get a lot of iMessages, I think. We can, we can say for a second. Uh, I mean, do you get this many iMessages? No. Like this notifications number, you're, you're pushing close to 1,000 iMessages. You don't think that's an accurate representation uh, of what your week looks like? I expect it's somewhere between half and this number. Right, okay. so maybe it's five, six hundred, something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but that's just the notifications because I have a, I'm in some group threads that I do not disturb on for. So you know what? It probably is more than the eight hundred number. That's just an amount of notifications that I get. I bet I get more iMessages in a week than that actually, because some of oh the more God. chattier threads that I'm in, I don't have notifications on for. <laughs> I think this is the biggest part where I I, I look at are differences in screen time and this is the one where it's like i just couldn't live your life i don't know i don't know how well like communicating with people <laughs> that's all i'm doing it's like what what do you mean you could live my life more people's screens would be like mine than yours i bet but i suppose you know that i am fully aware that my screen time data will be a statistical outlier compared to the median screen time data mm-hmm. But when you say like, oh, these are the notifications I get, and then you casually remember like, oh, yeah, but I'm in a bunch of those really chatty groups where I turn off notifications. Like, I can't conceive of what a group must be like for you to feel like you need to turn off the notifications in that group chat. (laughs) I just just imagine it's 20 people talking constantly all day about everything. (laughs) Four people, of which I'm one. Okay. And... You know, it's like that sometimes you might you might be away for a while and you come back and you have 50 unread messages from the group. That's that's horrifying. I don't think I'm in any group chat that's more than three. I think all of my group chats are three. And if the other two people are talking and I ever come back and it's like, oh, there are 18 messages in this group. I'm always like, oh, I can't catch up with this. Mm. <laughs> Forget it. Like. <laughs> But this is also why I'm not in very many group chats because I'm a terrible participant as well. Well, if it gets to high double digits or in the dreaded triple digit, I do that too. I'm like, I'm not reading this. Okay. But it has to get up to that far for me. Honestly, the next one in my notifications this is the one I'm most embarrassed about, which is the clock. So why? I presume that's timers. That would be my guess is this must be that's, timers, that's, right? That's, that's, that's alarms in the morning. That's... Oh my God. Okay. That's... Are you, are you saying... That 240 is 240 snoozes. Is that what you're telling me? Okay, so I set... That's amazing. (laughs) Like eight alarms every day. Okay. Going off every 10 minutes. And and I'll set those depending on what... You should see my my alarm app is just like... There's an alarm for every 10 minutes from like 7 to 11. (laughs) And I just go through (laughs) and tick whatever ones I need for that next day. Uh, And I'll just set like eight. And I just... 
I snooze those things like you would not believe. <laughs> I mean, apparently. I'm really bad at waking up, Gray. I'm, re- it's re- I'm really bad at it. I've gotten worse. And I think it's because I haven't had the studio. I didn't know this about you. This, But this is also so confusing because your whole day is scooched so late. Like, it's inconceivable to me that you wouldn't wake up in time for any of the things that you need to do. Like, I don't even understand why you need all of these alarms. Because I still want to have a day before. Okay. You know, like I want to... I don't want to wake... Like, look, if I actually lived my life the way it made the most sense, I would wake up at noon, but I don't want to live that life. Okay. Right? Like, I want to be up between 9 and 10 and have a morning, right? Like, I don't want to be up in the afternoon. And so I just, you know, do this terrible alarm situation. Okay, but wait, so you go to bed at what? Like, 2 or 3 in the morning? Is that yeah. right? Is that between 2 and 3. bedtime for you? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just, I, have to, I always have to count out hours on my fingers like I'm a child. That's what that pause was there. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like 6 to 7 hours of sleep for me, mostly. So 6 to 7 okay. hours. Okay. So so what you're telling me here is if you went to bed at two and you didn't set any alarms, you wouldn't wake up until noon. Is that, is that like, am I I interpreting this data correctly? At least, Gray. I would sleep like you would not believe. I've been this way since I was a kid. If you leave me, I will just keep sleeping. (laughs) And it's not like I wake up and I'm like, ooh, what time is it? Oh, I'll go back to bed. No, I just don't wake up. You don't find this a little alarming that you seem to need 10 to 12 hours of sleep, but you're cutting that down through alarms to Great, what the hell can I do about that? Like what? Like if someone tells you, oh, you need, if you had 12 hours of sleep a day, you would feel so much better. Yeah, but it's 12 hours of sleep. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? (laughs) I can't have that. But it also seems like your alarms aren't very effective anyway if you've got 240 snoozes over the course of a week. Hey, look. Like, no, what we've learned is it just takes 240 alarms. To get me up, right, a week. Okay. But I'm not up, right? I'm here, aren't I? I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess. I'm just finding this very alarming and concerning, and I didn't, I didn't know this about you. Mm. It's because you've never tried to wake me up? Uh, yeah. I-, I hope we're not in a situation where I ever have to wake you up. Hey, Mike, Psst, wake up. Wake up, buddy. It's time, time to get up. Hey, look, it could happen. news on it's my not, face 240 times. It's not like. outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, <laughs> I don't know exactly what would have to happen for that to occur, but yeah, I don't know. Right. Another thing about me when it comes to sleep, mm-hmm. if I have to, like, if I have something which is, like, unmovable, I get up like you would not believe. Like, if I'm catching a plane... I am awake on the first alarm mm-hmm. and I am like ready to go. At least you have that. If we're talking like regular day, it doesn't help that like most of what I have to do in the day doesn't happen until after lunch. Like when I say have to, is that like people are relying on me, right? Like as in someone's yeah, waiting yeah. for me for something. So my brain is just like, ah, this is, this is movable. This is flexible. You're fine. Just sleep a bit more. <laughs> right? That's what's going on. I, st- I still, I feel like I still, I still think you should let yourself sleep more. And like the evidence of the snoozes is the evidence of that. Like what, whatever you're doing, like mm. set, set your first alarm two hours later than whenever you're trying to make it happen. Like it's, 
It's very concerning. No. <laughs> I think you should sleep until noon. The way no, that's that's madness. I'm not going to do that. The what I need to do is, and eventually <laughs> I'm going to have to do this. Like I know that time is coming for me sooner rather than later. Is go to bed earlier. Okay. That's that's the 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 thing that has to happen. Is I have to go to bed earlier. And I, I think that the like as I say, things have gotten worse more recently. And I do believe it's the studio. I think that... It's the lack of studio. Yeah, when I come in back here, I'm going to start getting t- more tired earlier again because it's, it, it's more movement in my day. It's more activity. And, and plus, I want to be up earlier. Like, And I will get up earlier because I want to make sure that I'm here in, in, with a good time, right? So mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like, I woke up way easier today than I have any other day this week. Because I wanted to mm-hmm. be here, like I was like I know in my mind of like, well, I've got to get that ten o'clock train because otherwise, it's just all too late at that point, right? right so, right. I think that will help, and then the, the 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 fact that I will be wake up earlier will force me to go to bed earlier too, and then that will will maybe I'll get down to I don't know two hundred alarms rather than two forty. I like this. You'll go to bed earlier. You'll be less on New York time because I think my favorite thing that happened this week is you told me that the journals were going to go on sale at 9 a.m. And so I messaged you at 9 a.m. about like, oh, yay, the journals are going on sale. And you messaged me back and said, oh, no, I meant 9 a.m. New York time. Yeah, well, was see, very like, this is the thing, Gray. What so, the fuck? How was I supposed to know you meant East Coast time? <laughs> I didn't call you on it, but why don't you go back and read the original message I sent to you where I specifically said 9 9 a.m. Eastern. Oh, God damn it. Did you? Yes, and I just decided I... not to bother calling you out on it on message, but now you're trying to put me on blast. I said to you, I sent this in Slack, but forgot to tell you here, journals go on sale at 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. <laughs> well, how was I supposed to catch that Eastern? That's ridiculous. Whoever well, I wrote it down. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to catch it. <laughs> when you sent me that message at 9am I was like oh easy you got and I was like oh I realize what he's done <laughs> he's got a long time to wait yeah it's just hours it genuinely was annoying because I wanted to know how the sales were going <laughs> I was like oh my god I've got six hours to wait to find out <laughs> my bad <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Inside the Breakthrough, a new history of science podcast full of did-you-know stuff, like, did you know that Marie Curie wasn't French? She was Polish, and her father was part of the resistance against the Russians that ruled Poland back then, and he taught her physics in secret, in the basement of their house. Inside the Breakthrough explores the idea of eureka moments. It's historical wisdom mixed with modern insight. Think of it as a history show and a science show with some comedy thrown in there too with host Dan Riskin, who is a comedian. He's appeared on The Late Late Show, for example. If you're intrigued by science and discovery or maybe want to have some new fun stuff to talk about over dinner, this is the show for you. Maybe you want to know if you can prevent polio by cleaning the streets or who brought the first elephant to England or does snake oil actually contain snakes? On the surface, this show is a collection of fun, entertaining, and surprising stories from the history of science, but host Dan Riskin also digs deeper and connects those old stories to what modern-day medical researchers are facing. 
I really enjoyed listening to this show. It sounds fantastic. There's a bunch of really great sound effects, which is the thing that I love. This show has them. It's really great to hear the stories of how big problems are solved. I love hearing about how people's thought processes work. And Dan says on the show, they make science come to life, and they really do. The episode that I listened to recently had a story about Alexander Fleming and how he discovered penicillin. And it really helped to highlight how these eureka moments that people go through actually take tons of work, even though they appear to be all of a sudden. Search for Inside the Breakthrough anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we'll include the link in the show notes too. Our thanks to Inside the Breakthrough for their support of this show and Relay FM. Come on and send me yours. I don't think I've got anything else interesting on here. Oh, can I send this to you on Skype? No, why would you do that? No, I'm going to send it to you on Skype because I don't have iMessage on this computer. Okay. Wait, what do you mean you have iMessage on your computer? How is that possible? This is, no, this is the, okay. Listen, the computer that I'm talking to you on, this is my writing computer and it is my podcasting computer because it just, with the way I want to arrange the sound paneling, it makes sense to use that computer as the same thing. Uh-huh. So on my writing computer, I don't have any communication tools installed other than Skype for these podcasts so i don't have iMessage installed i don't have email installed i don't have anything installed and so if we're ever sending little messages back and forth on iMessage like i'm using my phone for that but i have all of the screen crimes images saved on my desktop and so the easiest way to drop you eight images at once because i didn't put them together in a nice little tile is through skype so i think it's, it's very sensible but just so you understand what you're looking at here the Again, because I've just found it to be a horrible buggy mess, I don't share the data between my devices. I don't run screen time on the Macs. And so the things that I collected data for were my phone, which is one of those, and then this iPad, which the name of the iPad is Admin iPad, but that's from a long time ago. The actual name of that iPad should be couch pad this is the couch ipad that i have and that i pick up like when i'm couching so this is is where my data is from these are two separate ones here there are two separate things it's the narrower stuff is all of the iphone stuff and the thicker stuff is the couch pad data okay now mike just like you wanted to start out with your story of why the data is wrong Mm-hmm. I have the same story. <laughs> so this week where I got the data was an unusual week for a variety of reasons. One of them was, and I'm sure I will get much sympathy from you for this, I had either a phone call or a FaceTime meeting every day last week. Mm-hmm. There was one a day for seven days in a row. Poor thing. Which is just, it's very unusual. I really can't stand that. And it's incredibly draining and frustrating. It's like, oh my God, every day I need to talk to someone. It's too much. It's way too much. But sometimes just trying to arrange people in calls and like family things, it's just, it's just completely unavoidable. But what I thought is, well, at least in the screen time data, I'm going to look popular this week, right? It's going to be lots of phone calls and lots of FaceTime. But if you look in that data, 
Phone calls and FaceTime are nowhere to be found. <laughs> it's like, Thursday, I was on the phone for three hours. Is there phone registered anywhere? No. FaceTime calls with people multiple hours? No, it's absolutely nowhere. Mm -hmm. This, again, is just one of these totally baffling things. What did I do all this shit for if I'm not going to get the credit for it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. Like, I'm not going to lie. I definitely have this little feeling of, I can't believe I had to do this much talking, and I'm going to get literally zero credit for it mm -hmm. on Screen Crimes Week because... It just wasn't recorded. None of it. It wasn't recorded. Like the FaceTiming on the iPad. Nope. Never happened. You know, the calls on the phone never happened. And it's, it's like, I was just, I was trying to think, is this, is this like the intended behavior? Because I flipped all of the switches in the settings to try and always allow me to be able to talk to everyone. Like I've, I've tried to make that as permissive as possible. So it's like, is this on purpose? If I flip these switches that say I can talk to people, does screen time not record the time as their way of getting around? Like, I have no idea, but it's just incredibly frustrating that this data is not present. And just, again, another one of these cases where it's weird and buggy and doesn't give a good picture of what is actually occurring. And so even though... Literally all of my numbers are like an order of magnitude less than yours. That's not an accurate representation of the use of these devices. So like no. things are being undercounted in a super frustrating way. But anyway, you have the screen time data that I was able to collect on my phone and on my iPad separately. So yeah. What do you think of this, Mike? <laughs> so I feel like we live in very different worlds. <laughs> yeah, they all have things to look super different. Uh, I imagine you were doing some kind of filming thing because you have two hours in the camera, 20 minutes in the GoPro app. So I assume something was going on there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, last time, last time we had the little diversion, we were discussing GoPro and DJI's action cameras. And it's like, oh, yes, I'm quite familiar with GoPro and, and the rest of it. So last week I was trying some filming for some outdoor stuff, which is why the GoPro was up. And I haven't made any video with it yet. But in my home office, I have this little semi-experimental overhead shooting rig which doesn't work great so far it turns out trying to shoot things overhead is an enormous pain in the ass for a huge number of reasons that you don't think about until you try to set up a real overhead shooting location yeah. i guess let me talk to you about the struggles i've had with my twitch channel <laughs> oh of course overhead right. is very important right for for the keyboard stuff but i think I've, i might have finally gotten where where i want to be with that what are you using for your overhead i just got a camera like a sony camera okay so you're just using the output of a sony camera yeah into well i mean it's all going into a pc right so it's all way easier i have a cap a hdmi capture card it's nice mm -hmm. nice and then I just stream hmm. it all with Streamlabs for my PC. I've been trying to avoid having a like a real camera as the overhead camera, but right. I think if this is a thing that I end up doing, I might have to go that way. I was using a decent webcam for a while, and it was it was okay. It was doing the job. Hmm. 
but I wanted to have more flexibility and and ultimately a better picture. Mm. So I ended up going with with an actual Sony camera, an A6400 is the one that I went right, with. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll end up that way, but I I can say for, at the very least 2 hours of the camera app being open in a week. This is not a typical week. <laughs> mm. This is a crazy abnormal use of the camera, but for the most part it was sitting in this clamp floating above my desk as I concentrated very hard for it to not move at all as I was trying to have a frame that was exactly the same every time for different takes of things. How are you suspending it then? What are you doing there? I've got one of these clamp arm things that I just yep. tightened up as much as possible to try to keep it in place. Let me give you a great tip. Clamp the boom arm to a different desk. Oh, yes. I, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. You, yeah, that the, the thing that is holding the camera over what you're shooting should not be connected to the desk that the mm-hmm. thing is on. Yes. Yep. I completely agree that I would love to do that. My office setup makes it difficult to have that occur, but I've been looking into options where it's like, maybe I can just have something that's on the ground and achieve the same purpose. Yeah, you could just get a C-stand with a, like a sandbag weight on it or something. I was looking into a bunch of different things, obviously, for the streaming stuff that I've been doing. And what I ended up mm-hmm. doing was I have this little cart which is just parked next to my desk where I can put a bunch of like half-finished projects on and I just clamp a boom arm to that so I can Hmm. wobble the table as much as I want and it never shakes the camera. Uh, This is when I'm at the studio. When I'm at home, it's like all bets are off. But like when I pass a bit at the studio, Hmm. when I stream from the studio, that's how I do it. And then I can move my desk as much as I want and nothing moves because it's fixed to this cart. But if I didn't do that, I was going to go with like a C-stand route. So it's just it's just basically the floor, right? Like it's, that's where it's coming from and then overhanging over the desk. And especially if you're using an iPhone, which I reckon you should probably just keep doing for a while. I mean, I don't use an iPhone because it's not really feasible for streaming, right? Like it, There are mm-hmm. apps. I tried out this like app that Elgato bought. They bought an application where you can use your phone cameras to, to stream from, and I just couldn't get it to work mm-hmm. reliably. But if you continue just using the phone, you don't have to worry about a ton of weight on the C-stand because mm-hmm. phones aren't that yeah, heavy. If you've got point. an actual camera, you're going to need to think more about the weight of it. But yeah, I'd rec- either get a C-stand or a tripod that has an extending arm, and you'd be totally fine because the phone's so light. But that's what I'd recommend from you to, to put it on the floor then if it if the desk isn't right. Because if you're trying to do things over a long period of time, I can imagine maybe it's meant to be sped up a little bit or whatever, and you're seeing a lot of movement in the image. Um, <laughs> and that's that's just not that's just not going to work. <laughs> it's just not going to yes. work. Well, I also made a terrible mistake that it didn't occur to me until halfway through, where I was like, okay. Uh, there's there's a bunch of things that I want to shoot. I thought, okay, it's pr- it's probably going to take two days. That's my, that was my mental estimate. Spoiler alert: we're on day four, of course. Of course. But when I initially set it up, and I was thinking, oh, two days, that's cool. Okay, fine. I know what I'll do. Okay, let me grab my phone. Of course, the phone with the best camera and clamp it in there because I'd like a you know the best image that I can get. Mm-hmm. And it was only at the end of the day that it occurred to me. Oh, you idiot. You know, you use this phone, right? Like this isn't just a camera. You have to 
take it out of this clamp and then try to clamp it back in tomorrow in the exact same spot, which is never going to work in a million years. And so I was like, okay, now I'll just wait. I just won't use my phone at all. And I'll leave it in the clamp overnight and I'll shoot first thing next morning. It's like, "Mm, but there was more work than you thought there was. Mm. You can't not use your phone for three days. So I had to cave and take it out. And of course you can never get it set back up the same way again. So lesson is also learned that If I'm going to have an overhead shooting rig, I should use one of the old phones that I don't need as the actual camera instead of putting my phone in there like a total moron who didn't think about it ahead of time. (laughs) Yeah, especially because like the only real tangible use of, say, last year or the year before will be HDR and you don't want to shoot in HDR anyway. Oh, Mike, we can't do it now, but. Uh, someday we'll talk about HDR <laughs> we'll talk about the nightmare the nightmare of HDR but not, not today I'm not emotionally prepared to discuss that <laughs> but yes so this is this is why camera use is so high it's also why GoPro which is normally not there is existent as well so that's what was going on with my phone it was helping me try to shoot some stuff for potentially a uh, gray goes outside kind of video and also an experimental indoors overhead shoot kind of video which may or may not ever come to fruition depending on how much longer this actually takes me to to accomplish what is portal portal is another white noise application Mm. there's been a bit of disagreement in the household about the exact sleeping white noise sound and so there there was an odyssey of exploration searching for alternative white noise sounds and the portal app is one that ended up being settled on as like oh okay this is an acceptable nighttime white noise so that's uh that's what that one is there looking look here it's interesting files is in there that's just weird uh it's weird to see apps like that like what are you doing here files like why are you here (laughs) what do you okay no this is this is all very explainable right so the the reason okay well actually maybe now that i think about it maybe it's less explainable okay let me tell you about this jenga tower that i have built for myself about how real life videos get into final cut Hmm. so you go out into the world like, ooh, I'm going to shoot something in the real world. You're on your phone, shooting, shooting, shooting. Great. Got some videos. What I've ended up building is this system that uses iCloud Sync combined with Hazel as a way to automatically rename and organize and tag all of the real-life footage that I shoot. So... You may remember ages ago, I had a real problem with the way my files were named when I was trying to put together that road trip vlog that cost me months of working on it. Yeah. Wasn't it like they renamed and then it all broke or something? Yeah. There was a namespace collision problem where multiple files had the same names and it like... It doesn't matter. It ended up costing me months because I didn't have a good way to organize my footage. So I have since really solved that problem I, I like really solved this problem i haven't just solved this problem i have really solved it like it couldn't be more solved than what I've it couldn't done. be more solved it, like it it really couldn't be more well, solved. you've oversolved haven't you this <laughs> what you've done okay so here's the workflow shoot a video 
Now that video gets saved into a folder, which is called ingest on iCloud Drive. And so the reason that it's showing up in the phone is that one of the easiest ways to get videos off the phone is to just select them in photos and then save to files. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's showing up on my screen time there as you have used files on your phone, which is not something that I would normally do, but it's to put the videos into the right place. Mm -hmm. And then once they're in files on my phone, it does seem to take a long time, but whatever, I'm never in a rush with this process. Eventually, those videos distribute themselves throughout the whole iCloud system and then eventually make it onto my like server computer, which is also this writing computer. It's the one that's just on all the time. The writing computer does an awful lot for it just to be called a writing computer. The writing computer <laughs> is the podcasting computer and the always-on file server in the home. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes it makes full sense. <laughs> the, the, the natural trio there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everyone knows those three things go together. You have uh, file server, writing, and podcasting. At a certain point, it would just be what are the things the computer doesn't do be an easier way to describe what the computer so really it's just the non-communication computer yes if you want to put it that way that's I would true like to it put is it the non-communication computer yeah. except of course for the communication that we're doing right now so anyway mm. back to the writing computer that downloads the videos into the ingest folder and then begins this long process that is a combination of both shell scripts and hazel rules that takes all of the videos it gives them a unique date timestamp so they all have like forget what the iso number is but it's all like 2020-12-7t19-23-01 to like indicate the exact moment that this was shot and it's renamed so that it's clear to me, like, which camera was the one that was doing the shooting? Was this shot on the GoPro or was it shot on the phone? Once there's some basic avoidance for namespace collision stuff, those files then move into a folder that is called to tag, where I can add some tags of my own of like, what was I doing and where was the shot? And this is where it gets really crazy because I have now hundreds of rules in Hazel that will add tags based on other tags that have been added to the file. So, for example, in places where I know like I'm shooting a lot, I can just put the name of, oh, this is the location, and then it will automatically add, oh yeah, that's in this city in this state, for example. So I can like automatically add a bunch of other data and get everything all nice and tagged because when you import things into Final Cut, Final Cut has an option where it will use the inbuilt file tags as keywords in Final Cut, which is great because then you can like quickly find whatever it is you're looking for. This system also, because I'm terrified about losing things, is doing various levels of copying over the files at different states to rolling backups that will keep them in the previous state for some amount of time. So it's like, as soon as they hit ingest, before they get renamed, they're copied over to this folder, which will save them there for six months, like just in case something went wrong. And then once I've tagged them, oh my God, that's so funny. they're copied over to a different system, which will hold on to them in their tag state for 18 months. 
once I mark them as correctly tagged, they will be copied over into a permanent archive where then Hazel subsorts them into year, month, day folders. And that is fantastic because like I can search this enormous archive for any of the keywords that have ever been added or the keywords that have automatically been added. The system is a little bit of a crazy Jenga tower, but it also really works. And since that first video of the road trip, I have never lost a file and I've never been able to not find something when I was looking for it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way this has worked out. Man, that, that whole copying part is like really the workflow of a, of a burned man. <laughs> I, I No, I think it's just, it's the workflow that just makes sure nothing goes wrong. That's, that's what that is. <laughs> I guess so. I know people will ask, just in case anyone is wondering, there's a reason that I use iCloud Drive over Dropbox, which is that in my playing around with it, iCloud Drive, while it is slow and weird sometimes, it never messes up the tagging. So it, like, because I think that's part of Apple's inbuilt file system that all files can have tags, it always gets it right. Like if mm -hmm. I add a tag on a file, even if that file isn't completely downloaded, like it always sticks, it always propagates to everywhere correctly. Whereas Dropbox is very likely to mess up that tagging system if stuff is still in flux. So that's why a lot of these things only get copied to a Dropbox rolling folder once the tagging stage has been complete. And then it's like, okay, now you can copy it over to Dropbox and Dropbox can just upload it and it's no problem. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, that's why Files shows up for three minutes in my screen time. That like slow eventual <laughs> syncing system, I couldn't. I just couldn't live with that. I know what you mean about like iCloud Drive syncing seems to kind of happen under a certain set of circumstances. Yeah. And I kind of understand why Apple do this. It's like they're monitoring for like, they don't want to burn all of your data if you're not connected to Wi-Fi. They don't want to take unnecessary battery from you. You know, like so that you kind of have to be under certain circumstances for iCloud Drive. This is the same as like photos and all that kind of stuff syncing. Mm -hmm. I just don't kind. Of, I just it's just not. I don't work like that. But because uh, I don't have workflows like you do, like when I need files mm -hmm. to go places, I typically need them to go now, right? Like that's the point. They're going now because they're being used by somebody now, or they're for yes. like I need to know they're there now so I can archive this project. But with the with the type of video that you're shooting you are shooting it now with the intention of using it in a month or two, if ever, right? Yeah, there, there's never a rush on my end. And, yeah. and also just because I know this stuff is super slow and weird, it always works out like for some of the stuff, it's like, oh, I went out on a bike ride and I had the GoPro just on my chest, you know, recording the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then I'm additionally shooting stuff on my phone and I brought another, I do have a Sony camera that I use to try to get some nicer shots. And then I just know, okay, well, when I get home, there's dozens and dozens of gigabytes of data across all of these things i just dump it all into the ingest folder on whatever device makes the most sense and i don't even attempt to try to tag it until tomorrow right it's mm -hmm. like oh, i'll tag all of this stuff tomorrow afternoon i'll just wait for it to synchronize overnight like and again that's totally fine because 
you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to shoot like a daily vlog here. It's like, oh my God, I've got to get it done in 12 hours. Then the system would be completely unacceptable. But Yeah, but, no, but similarly though, because of the way you're doing it, because it's all going into a Mac and the scripts, like Hazel is a scripting application and you have other scripts that are running locally on the Mac rather than anything happening in the cloud or whatever, you could just ingest it at the Mac, right? If you needed that footage to be tagged right now for some reason. You just take the yeah. like iCloud part of it out of the equation, which would be easy enough to do. You just like pop the memory card in the Mac or plug in a USB cable or bring the footage in and just do the tagging immediately and it would do its thing. The delay is just inbuilt into the system, but you could bypass it quite easily if you wanted to. Yeah, if for some reason it had to happen fast, I would yeah. just do it all on the writing computer. But you almost always like one of the cameras, I'm particularly interested in seeing what was on it. And so that one, I'll just, you know, because it's the end of the day, I'll load up that stuff on this little laptop that I have by the couch. Because like, oh, I just want to look at this footage right now. And then that's the thing that will, you know, synchronize. And like, I'll tag in and organize it tomorrow and, and delete the shots that aren't needed or whatever. But it is a really crazy system. And I'm getting very close to the point where I was going to try to email the developers of Hazel because it's a weird system preferences app. There's limits to how much you can see on the screen at one time. And I, in a couple of my categories, am pushing up real close against the limit of how much can actually fit on the screen for these contingent rules about when to add this tag or when not to add that tag. Mm. So it's going to be like, hey, I don't know if you guys could fix this, but uh, hi, I may be one of the superest of super users of your app for a thing that you never intended. Can you change your entire app just for me? You know, those emails are very successful successful always <laughs> always there was only a couple of things more that really jumped out to me here which is in your notifications section shortcuts mm -hmm. and due just because they are so much higher than everything else <laughs> shortcuts has 120 notifications and due has 107 on your phone and then it goes down to messages <laughs> at 58 and then we're down into like timers at 14 yeah so shortcuts that number should be way higher. Like in theory, that number should be like four times as much as it currently is. But the reason that it isn't, again, goes back to screen time being weird, which is I have set up all of my timers so that they create a notification on the phone when they run. So every time I switch from, you know, writing to researching or reading or, you know, whatever, when I run that timer change on my phone, I'm doing it through a shortcut. And then the shortcut sets up a notification that says, you know, reading timer running so that I know it went through. Like that shortcut mm. won't appear if it didn't work and like there was a network dropout or something. So the reason shortcuts is so very high is because what you're actually seeing is a function of a timer has run and has changed. Mm -hmm. I'm also extremely aggressive about all sorts of other shortcuts that I want to run and shortcuts, you know, I mean, we haven't even talked about this, like all of the notifications that Apple wants to send you. One of the things that I find is really frustrating is tons of shortcuts will still force notifications, even though I don't want them to run as notifications. Yeah. Yeah. So like, here, here's the one that's the most annoying precisely because of the synchronous the synchronization system that i have on my phone i have a shortcut that runs which says every time the phone connects to a power source turn off low power mode because i also have a bunch of shortcuts saying 
I want to turn on low power mode way before I think it's needed. Mm -hmm. But I want low power mode to go off because I have learned even if the phone is connected to power, nothing will synchronize Correct. if low yeah. power mode is on. But what that means is every time I put my phone down on the wireless charger, I get a notification from Shortcut saying, hey, we ran that notification saying we're connected to power. It's like, oh, God damn it, Apple, please let me turn that one off. I don't want that one. Mm. But I think Apple is still very concerned about the safety of shortcuts. Mm -hmm. So I've got a bunch of little ones like that that just send up notifications that I don't want. Plus, every time a timer changes, there's a notification. But the reason that it is lower than it should be is because I can no longer use Siri to voice activate changing timers. You know, like, like I mentioned last time, hugely frustrating after I built all of these shortcuts to work so that I could just use my voice 100% of the time. And now I can't. So a huge number of timers I'm just changing on the computer in uh, Toggle, which I just have open. Why, why can't you? What's happened? Uh, this is the thing I said last time, where if I ask Siri to run a shortcut with my voice, Siri says she cannot do that because screen time is on. Oh, is it's a screen time Just thing. a bug. It's just the bug that appeared months ago out of nowhere. Ba basically, like, <laughs> probably a couple of weeks after I had just finished redoing my entire system to be voice-based, yeah. uh, Siri decided no. So I hate it. It's super frustrating, and it's why my timers are really weird. Now, just when I'm working on my computer, I have a toggle window just open where I use to switch the timers a lot instead of using the voice like I would. But I just I don't like having the two inconsistent systems there. The other one there is do is, I guess, my version of you snoozing stuff. <laughs> like, I think do should always be high on my notification list because that feels like it's it's the app doing its job. Like the things that I put in do are things that I know I almost never want to actually complete at that moment. And I need the app to harass me to do them. Yeah. A huge number of those are I have a reminder in do which which just runs at nighttime and says, hey, you should start running your shutdown checklist now. Like, it's time to get ready for bed and do all the things that you need to do to get ready for bed. And guess what? I never really want to do that at the theoretical time that I'm supposed to go to sleep. And so, like, that's one that's constantly harassing me about, like, you know, past you thought now would be a good time to start getting ready for bed. And it's like, yeah, but now me is watching TV that I'm interested in. Like snooze, snooze, mm -hmm. snooze. So that's why that one is just so ridiculously high. I'll point out the Just Timers app is also on there. Again, that one should be crazy high, but it isn't just because Just Timers I have on my phone because it can work with shortcuts really well for if I start certain activities that can automatically begin a countdown timer with a non-annoying reminder that the time is up. But unfortunately, again, just because I can't use shortcuts the way I want to, mm. just timers end up being ridiculously underrepresented on this for what it theoretically should be. But anyway, that's most of the stuff on my phone for what's happening there with notifications and things again i feel like we're in totally different worlds because you were like 10 hours on the phone and i'm under two if you exclude no it's not 10 hours on the phone it's 10 hours across all my oh, devices right, right. 
But also remember that 10-hour figure was just because of rss.art19.com. <laughs> it was way less than that. Right, of course. <laughs> but then again, even though it was less than that, it's still more than that because not everything's being counted in the first place. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I feel like this is definitely our most frustrating year of trying to do screen time comparisons. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a good year for that, for sure. <laughs> I, I just think what annoys me about this is... That there is such an interest in utility there. Like so even in having this conversation, we see in ourselves and in each other these these interesting things about the way that we work. And there's there's real mm-hmm. data to get from it. But the problem is the system is very buggy and mm-hmm. is also just not fully realized in any direction. So I've been trying out an app for the mm. Mac called Timing recently. This is an application that does this stuff, but just for the Mac. But it's so much mm-hmm. more involved as to what it does. And I've only been using it for a couple of days, so I'd, I don't really feel like I have a full grasp over it yet. But, like, for example, it breaks down every time I use Safari. I can categorize every web page as a different type of activity. Mm. So if I'm in Google Docs... I'm doing show prep in Safari. If I'm in YouTube, it's entertainment in Safari. And also I right. choose the categorizations. So I can and you know that you can have it like I think being like projects. So like if you were time tracking on your Mac for like project for a client, you know, like you could say like if I'm doing it on this day and in this thing, it means it's for this project, that kind of thing. And what I also like is you can you can force the app to learn. So, like, every time I'm in the craft app, it's for Cortex brand, and you can just lump it into Mm. that little thing for me. And it's really interesting, and you can add a lot of information to it, and it's also got lots of interesting charts and stuff that it will build for you. But my problem with an app like this is I want the full picture, and this is only giving me the picture on the Mac. Mm. right it's there's no way for it to do this stuff on ios to like have that level of system control where it's watching what i'm doing in every application which kind of just makes me feel like i wished that apple would create like a screen time api Mm. yeah to let third-party developers make more interesting apps out of this and also really accurately monitor what's going on because like i see such massive differences between screen time on my macbook pro and timing on my macbook pro because timing Mm. is picking up when i'm actually using applications as opposed to when they're just the first application in my view right right (laughs) so i'm gonna keep running the timing app just to see what it's like over time Mm. but i can already it's all you know it's already just served to frustrate me more that Apple isn't doing more with this screen time thing, especially on iOS when they're the only people that are allowed to do it in any way. Yeah, that is the really frustrating thing is we're dependent on Apple to solve this problem and they're clearly not interested in it. And Mm -hmm. this year for both of us has turned up the largest number of bugs and and missing data in this semi-abandoned mm-hmm. maybe system that idea of an api is really interesting of course it would depend on the api correctly reporting data and not yep. also being full of bugs yep. of uh missing phone calls and facetime chats and everything else but i would be happy to see something like that because yeah I, th- I think it's not great the way the information is presented currently like even what you just said there is the categorization of stuff is really frustrating that they want to show you at the top like 
yeah, here's how much time you spent in information and reading as we have decided what counts as reading and what doesn't count as reading. Like it's, it's very frustrating. Cause like, here's the thing about screen time just in general, right? Why does screen time, you've given it this name, which seems to suggest that applications only need to be monitored if you are looking at them. Because like, if I go to the battery section of my iPhone, I can mm-hmm. see that I have, in the last 10 days, I've used Overcast for 17 hours. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I look in screen time, it would say maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So why, why is that? Like, why, why should the sc- why is screen time? Like, it's like as if applications can only be quote unquote harmful to me in any way if I'm looking at them. <laughs> Right, right. Right? So, like, there's the, the phone knows what I'm doing. They're just reporting it in such a specific way because my iPhone tells me about all the background activity that these applications are doing in this battery section. And I know sometimes it just means that the application's live or whatever. So, like, you know, like I'm not running uh, Twitter for 44 minutes in the background. Twitter's doing that itself, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. staying alive in the background. But there are many applications that I am legitimately running in the background for long periods of time while I'm doing other things on my phone. So, like, I don't, you know, it's it's just it's just frustrating to me, really, that the the devices had the ability to detect what's going on, but they only mm-hmm. report them in such a, a limited way. Yeah, it's interesting. You you bring up something else that didn't even really cross my mind as. Again, a bug or intended use, which Overcast is is right at the heart of. So in theory, I have it set that I shouldn't use Overcast until the afternoon. Like it's one of my off-limit apps. Like it's a distracting thing in the morning. But often when it's like the weekend or whatever, I don't care because I'm not working. And so I'll listen to podcasts in the morning while I'm like tidying up the house or whatever. So to do that, I have to grant Overcast a special exemption. And often I hit the wrong button, which says approve all day. And instead I hit approve for 15 minutes, right? But so what happens then is I'm listening to the podcasts and then 15 minutes later, they just stop because that was all of the allowed time that I had approved. But that doesn't show up in screen time. Like it only, (laughs) it'll show like you used overcast for two seconds. And so it didn't even really occur to me until you mentioned it, but it's like, yeah, Apple is counting it in these odd ways of like, you know exactly how long I'm listening to Overcast because you've cut me off after supposedly the time limit, but you're also not showing this as time used, which again, like if the intended case of this is, oh, like I'm a parent monitoring what my kid is doing on the phone. Like, I think I'd want to know how much time they're listening to podcasts not how much time they're looking at the screen of the podcast app, right? Like, it's yeah. it's very strange. <laughs> All I care about is my child's usage of how they choose what podcast to listen to. After that period of time, <laughs> yes. I don't care. Yeah, I'm completely uninterested in yeah. this information. <laughs> I just want to know how easily they can make decisions. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. You can register a unique domain name so your site has the branding you want it to have and it's going to look fantastic because you can take advantage of these beautiful award-winning templates that are really customizable. You can choose your colors and fonts, move everything around, it's all drag and drop and so easy to do. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that will let you build any website you want to make. If you want to make a portfolio, a blog, a site for an online event that you're running. Maybe you want to create an online store to sell physical or digital goods. Squarespace has it all. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They have got you covered and back it up with 24-7 award-winning customer support. So if you need help, Squarespace is there for you. But take it from me, it's super easy to use. I have been using Squarespace for over 10 years now for so many different projects. When I want to put something online, Squarespace is where I think to go first. I don't think about anywhere else. I just want to get my thing on the internet and Squarespace is the easiest way to do this and it's so fantastic and looks great in the process. They have great apps as well for mobile devices. I love them. You can go and try it out for yourself today. If you go to squarespace.com slash cortex, you can sign up for a free trial and build your whole website and see how it works. And then when you're ready to launch it to the world, you just sign up for one of their plans. They start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show by using the offer code cortex. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash cortex and the offer code cortex to get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Well, that was more time than I thought we would ever spend on screen crimes times. Great. When you do the crime, you spend the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just earned my money for the episode. I did it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> a, a plus on that. <laughs> oh, that's really good. <laughs> As an excellent thing for your first recording back in your office studio. How did it feel? It must be the energy, right? The studio energy gave me it, everything <laughs> I needed for the perfect pun. It feels, it feels, it does feel different. I do realize that when I record here, I do feel different to when I record at home. It's because the environment is very different. Like it's, I'm very much aware of the space that's around me, which does feel a little bit weird having recorded at home. But it's expansive. Yeah, I have a lot of space here, right? And so there is a little bit more of a, a feel, like I have like more of an awareness feeling of the space that I'm in. But I remember this the last time and, and it ended up feeling less that way as, as I got more used to it again. Um, so I expect that will be the case uh, in the future. I do, I do feel more comfortable here as well with that space like we record for a very long time right mm -hmm. sometimes when me and you record i actually like when i'm here at the studio i kind of will sit back a little bit so like not necessarily mm -hmm. sit at the desk i will like i you know i have like an office chair that can recline and so like sometimes i record this show <laughs> reclined with my leg my feet up on the desk and the microphone in front of me that's the beautiful boom arm and we're just sitting here talking about apps <laughs> like but I, I can't i don't have the space for any of that at home so it's like it's a kind of a nice way to sit and chat to gray like i like that so that's i'm reminded of these like different ways that i feel when i record here that I can kind of cycle between actually feeling a bit more relaxed to record, but but then there's sometimes where like the space 
around me for some reason makes me feel more energized as well. I was going to make a joke about you putting your feet up on the desk while recording a podcast, but you're saying that you literally do that sometimes? Literally do it. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Look, we've been here for four and a half hours. Yes. At this point. You got to mix it up a little bit, man. (laughs) Not me. I'm just, no, I'm, I'm, I've just, Still I'm a statue. sitting here, mouth right on top of the microphone, just the way you like it, unmoving the entire time. <laughs> I am currently reclined. I'm in reclined seat now. You'd never know. Okay. <laughs> I got my feet up on the desk. The microphone's right in front of my mouth still. So this is the beauty. This is why I'm always telling you to get a boom arm, Gray, the flexibility that you have, you know? Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I guess if I used my other desk, I could put my feet up. Uh-huh. I don't know if the boom arm would actually reach that far. Hold on, let me try this. I'm terrified of a crash, just like a crashing sound, and then all Ooh. of the audio gear immediately cutting out. I don't know what you, I don't, look, I don't know what you're talking about. Feet up? I just need, I just need to, no, hold on, I need to stretch this boom arm within an inch of its life. Uh-huh. Hold on. Because <laughs> it's not meant to be at that angle. No. Okay, let me move this key, okay, there's, there's no problems here. Ooh. You know, one thing I do have to keep an eye out for is I got, I think I told you right, I got these little coffee warmers, like these little plates that heat up to keep your coffee warm, because I like the office cold. Right, yeah, because everything I hate about chi charging, right, is is in these (laughs) little coffee plate warmer things. It's like the same kind of idea in my mind. Imagine chi charging, except there's no charging, there's just the heat. It's just just everything that you hate, right? That's that's what this is. (laughs) So I have it on my desk and I love it. But the thing that I'm, I'm aware of, it's like, it's just a ticking time bomb for when do I leave a wire draped over this thing? Have you ever looked into those, I'm sure you have, that Ember mug? Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to have to have a special mug for it. That's a, Why? Like, that's an annoying deal. Do you not breaker. have a coffee mug, like your mug, like Gray's, this is Gray's mug? We have a variety of mugs uh-huh. at the house. I don't want to be confined to having to use the one mug that can be used with inductive charging. I wouldn't consider it confined. Like I have like t- three mugs that I choose from. Yeah. I have like one mug in the morning and then another mug in the, in the afternoon, which is one of two. But typically it's just one of them. So really I only have, I have two mugs and a backup mug. I don't want to be constrained by their system. Look, I'd much rather have this fire hazard on my desk and the, free- <laughs> and the to freedom mic to, to use mug. whatever mug <laughs> that I want. You got a right? fire extinguisher, so what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what the fire extinguisher is I can literally see for. the fire extinguisher right now. It's, it's right over there <laughs> in the corner. But yeah, so I've gotten myself into feet up on the other desk position mm-hmm. but in doing so and rearranging everything on my desk i was like oh i gotta get that keyboard wire off the heater so that it doesn't melt and cause a fire and mm. and uh force me to leap out of this reclined position i'm gonna say right now though i'm not loving this podcasting with your feet up thing i don't like i don't like this at all right but it doesn't feel like you're in a comfortable position at all right like i i've i'm in a comfortable position here you, it sounds like you've become like a contortionist to get yourself in the situation that you're in it's mostly fine like i've just got my feet up on the desk that's in front of me it's nice and comfortable I, i'm not stretching my feet to the other side of the studio <laughs> to try and recline here <laughs> nah, I'm, the other that, that ember mug they do a travel version now which i thought was kind of cool Oh, what through like USB C? Is that the is that what it is? I guess. Well, no, like it. They have like it's got a heating element inside of a travel mug. 
What's the heating element connect to, though? Well, I mean, you charge it. You can charge it on their plate. Oh, okay. But right, the point right. being, like, you could take the mug with you, and it's just going to keep everything heated to a certain level for all day. I just thought it was kind of cool. It's cool technology. I know people that have them. I don't have one because I don't drink coffee like that. So, like, typically right. these things are for people that drink black coffee, and I don't drink my coffee black, or I don't drink drip coffee. Like, I drink coffee with milk, right? Which, yeah. I mean, I don't know about other people, but I don't really think you keep that hot for long periods of time. I don't really know why you do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if I was still drinking coffee with cream in it, I would not be using this heating thing. Like, yeah, yeah this, this is definitely a, do you drink black coffee? Now this is an option for you kind of accessory. Or tea, I guess, would be the same because if you're not adding milk to your tea. Uh, I think if you add milk to the drink, you don't want to keep it hot. That doesn't seem right. Because <laughs> you would be cooling the drink down by adding the milk and then heating it back up past its point again. I don't think that's a good idea. Look, it's, it's, I think if you just kept milk warm for six hours on your desk, what could go wrong drinking that? <laughs> Sounds it's, it's, tasty. It's, it's... <laughs> 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 Yum. But yeah, so anyway, I'm, I am not going to be podcasting with you with my feet up on the desk anytime soon. I'm, I'm back yeah. into a nice, proper sitting up position like... Like podcasting was intended to be done. <laughs> <laughs> like why my dad taught me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>